Welcome to the Take Back Your Territory podcast. My name is Lindsay Wenland. These podcast episodes are not just about education, but also transformation. With a biblical perspective, you will learn how to reclaim your life over the power of food and step into a victorious way of living your life to glorify God. As a master coach in holistic health, I'm not just here to talk about the body or the spirit, but coach you as the whole person that you are, spirit, soul, mind, and body. For more information about the Food Freedom book and coaching program, head over to TakeBackYourTerritory.com and follow on social media at TakeBackYourTerritory. Now, let's get started. Welcome to episode 80 of the Take Back Your Territory podcast. Today we are talking about the mechanics of self-discipline. This hopefully will just be a short coaching um, episode where we're talking about self-discipline and you can use this idea or way of looking at self-discipline. You can kind of import it into everything that you're doing currently or that you want to do. So self-discipline. when I say that word to people, I they're either nodding, like, yup, or they cringe. They pull back and they're like, no, 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 no. But self-discipline is something that, um, as a believer, and even really just as an adult, that we are supposed to have. Um, when we were children, as our parents, it was their job to teach us discipline, to discipline us, to teach us the difference between right and wrong. And... Some of us did not have parents that taught us the right way. Um, Maybe they weren't disciplined themselves. Maybe um, discipline to them meant punishment. Maybe you haven't learned um, an appropriate amount of self-discipline, so much so that maybe you fall into self-harm or self-deprecation or um, self-hate. Uh, maybe you've been trained that shame is the way to self-discipline. But I'm here to tell you that self-discipline is a gift. It is um, part of the fruit of the Spirit, you know, self-control, and that the Lord has not given us. He doesn't come and punish us. He doesn't um, shame us. He doesn't chastise us to change. There is a, um, a connotation of repentance and turning and taking off the old man and putting on the new man. There is this working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Um, But I think a lot of times we make it harder than it really is. And also when the world and diet culture and business culture and just everything that kind of flies on around us you know, even having New Year's resolutions. I mean, I'm raising my hand as the person who has come to the end of a year every single year and has pages and pages and pages of things that I want to change about myself. And then with the idea that all of a sudden I'm going to go to bed on December 31st and wake up on January 1st and have the willpower and the tenacity and the gumption to go after all these changes. 
And usually by noon on January 1st, I'm done with the whole thing. <laughs> so because we're in the vein of food freedom, um, we are 35 episodes deep. No, is this 80? Yeah, so we're 35 episodes deep um, into food freedom. And I want to give you basically a mechanic of self-discipline that you can use in food freedom, you can use in weight loss, you can use in business, you can use in fitness, you can use in um, every single aspect of your life. In the last few episodes and in the blog post and in the book, the chapter recovery, you will find that I correlate a lot of things to running. And we can we can run many different ways. We can run in our aerobic system and our anaerobic system, and we can also run in the threshold between the two. Now, both of or all three of those different systems use different fuel. Your body taps into things in different ways, and not only in you know um, working in anaerobic, you're you're tapping into slow twitch muscles, you're tapping into fat burning, you're tapping into many different uh, hormone processes to be able to run and sustain your pace. And then when we go into threshold, which is at a, a medium, like maybe a rate of perceived exertion of like a six or seven or eight, maybe a six or seven, um, our body is starting to produce too much lactic acid and lactic acid starts to build up and we start to go more into burning carbs and more into burning the glucose that's stored in our muscles and in our bloodstream and things like that. And then when we go into anaerobic, which means without oxygen, which means um, that your body is pulling for as much oxygen as it possibly can, running at that pace is not sustainable for very long. Um, That's why, you know, sprinting is, you're sprinting for 10 seconds or 20 seconds. That's why Tabata is a 2010. Recovery and rest has to be worked into um, when we're working our heart at a high heart rate. Without oxygen, just think of without breath. And so if you know me, um, I didn't always used to be this way, but now that I'm (laughs) in my midlife, now that I'm in my 40s, I have slowed down a lot. I've slowed down in ministry. I've slowed down in what I do. And I think about my life as a whole. I think about my relationships. I think about, you know, can I stay free? Can I stay kind while making choices? I think about choosing my best yes that's good for me and good for my marriage and good for my family before it's good for somebody else. Um, But I've only learned these lessons because I've been burned so many times. And when we take our past and when we don't look at our past as something to regret or something to kind of live in a shame and a self-failure mindset, when we can look at our past and and view everything as a lesson and see where God showed up and see where, you know, we took the reins and see where we were striving and see where we were faithful and not looking at our life judgmentally. Um, but just, I don't know. I've come into a place where my hands are off. I'm still working. I'm still, um, trying to climb. I'm still, going after more freedom and more health and more education. But if I stay the person that I am right now, 
I'm okay with that. Um, but I definitely know that if you're not growing, you're dying. And I certainly don't want to grow backwards. So let's just keep going and keep moving forward, right? All right, so I've just talked myself in, in a big old squirrel. So I'm going to take a sip of coffee and regroup here. All right, so when we go after making changes in our life, we need to stop thinking that it's all or nothing. We need to stop bringing 100 things to the table or even 10 things to the table and expect ourselves, expect our brains to be able to process something differently um, and make a change. So I want you to write down these three words or think of these three words. Mechanics, consistency, intensity. When you're going to make a change, when you are living and operating and working in self-discipline, you are working on a mechanic. Now, I didn't look anything up before I recorded this. I was just making my smoothie this morning and I'm like, let's talk about the mechanics of self-discipline. So here we are. We're just talking about it. Um, so mechanics. So the way that something works the way that something operates, how these gears are turning, what is actually going on beneath the hood when I think of the word mechanics. So if you are going after food freedom, there is a mechanic, there is an operating system that you need to learn. And it is different, it is contrary to what you've been doing. So in food freedom, I've said so many times that we are not here to talk about weight loss we are here to talk about healing. We are here to talk about healing the parts of us that are going to food in the first place in an emotional reaction to something rather than helping ourselves with a healthier coping mechanism like journaling or walking or writing or talking or praying or whatever other healthy coping mechanism we can adopt rather than going to food. And what happens a lot of times with, I mean, just being human, we all have our thing. We all have our vices. We all have an unhealthy coping mechanism. And what I've seen in the people that I work with and even things in my own life is that if I don't work on helping myself emotionally, even if I have the food thing down and I'm not going to food, am I going to shopping? Am I going to gambling? Am I going to um, gossiping? Am I going to fretting? Am I worrying? You know what I'm saying? There is a cycle. There is a pattern of numbing that at the base of emotional eating, we don't have a healthy way to take care of our emotions. Um, we have learned how to stuff, we have learned how to strive, and we have learned how to make it all about the body and all about the food, neglecting the one thing that we actually need to be taking care of, which is our emotions, and also our mental health, and also our spiritual health. That's why Take Back Your Territory is holistic. It is spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical, because you are not just a body. You are also not just a spirit. You are all of these things, and all of these things need to be addressed. So if we only work out, okay, I'm not going to food anymore. Okay, but I'm going to gambling. Okay, but I'm going to shopping. 
Well, that is still a, a numbing. That is still something that you're being triggered in and you're not actually facing, you're not actually dealing with it and that's not going to get better. Because once you're out of money, because you've gambled it or you've spent it all away, well, what's going to be left? It's going to be food. And what is the cheapest food out there? Generally, it's the food that we binge on. It's cookies and chips and all of the garbage food that hits our 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 serotonin. It hits that spot in our brain that gives us a high. And then our brains get addicted to it. So all of that garbage food out there. Um, the reason that it's so hard to say no to is because it's engineered to get us addicted. So, yeah. That's why when I'm like, consider giving up processed food, consider giving up sugar, it isn't because I'm the evil queen coming at you. It's because I know what it's doing to your body, I know what it's doing to your brain, and it's hitting all of those reward and pleasure systems in your brain, setting you up for a high and then a fall. There's a lot of squirrels today. Sip of coffee. All right. So let's bring things to the table. So let's say that you aren't going to food anymore and you have put in place a healthy coping mechanism. You, every time you feel triggered, let's say you allow yourself to feel your emotions, you journal. You've done the work in the Food Freedom Group coaching. You've read the book, seen the movie, bought the t-shirt. You know what to do. You know how to bolster yourself emotionally, however that looks like. And you have worked this out with the Holy Spirit. So thank you, Jesus. You are free. Awesome. So on the back end, what if you have 30, 40, 50, 100 pounds that you want to lose? We've, we've worked on the mechanics of healing. And if you're not there, keep working on those mechanics. Keep working on the mechanics of healing. Because it doesn't matter if you lose the 50 pounds that you've gained in 2020. If you haven't learned the mechanics of how to take care of yourself emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically in times of um, strife, in times of struggle, in times of torment, in times of fear, if you haven't learned that aspect of self-care and and the mechanic, the mechanism of that, then when life happens again, when you're faced with a hill again, you could revert right back to what you were doing before. And that's not your fault. That's just, that's our default. Um, that's, that's what our brains do. And that's what, that's what we do. Um, your brain is set, sets you up to remain comfortable at all time. It is always looking for homeostasis. It is always looking for the easiest way out. But that's why we come up to the high tower, we come up to the prefrontal cortex, we come up into consciousness, and we say, no, this isn't working for me anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. I need to find a new way. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that you provide a way out for me. So I'm looking for a new way, and I'm looking for the way out. And if you're still working on healing that part of you, then your mechanic is... I'm looking for a new way and I'm looking for the way out. So work on that. Because when we're going after change and when we're we're self-disciplining because this is what you're doing. You're you're 
the word discipline, the word disciple is to be a student. It's to be a learner. And the only way that you can learn something is to fail. You can learn all of the different ways to be successful at something by failing. That's why being um, browbeating yourself because you've tried all these diets and you've done all these things and you've had all these programs and now you're here and you're listening to me talk about it. You might feel like you're such a failure because your history has proven that you haven't overcome this. But the fact of the matter is, is that you just learned all the ways that don't work for you. You have been a student. You have, whether you see it as a failure or not, you can flip that and see it as a stepping stone. It was just another step that I took. It was another time that I picked myself back up. It was another time that I exercised my resilience muscle and I picked myself back up and I tried again. But this is life. How many times have we fallen off our bikes and you pick yourself back up and you go, okay, I guess I can't go that fast. Okay, I guess I can't hop that curb. Okay, I have flown over my handlebars so many times on a bike Okay, I guess I shouldn't bring an umbrella with me when I'm riding a bike. Okay, I guess I should check my brakes to make sure every single time that they're not broken or out of place. And I only learned to check my brakes and I only learned not to carry an umbrella with me on a bike because I did it and I failed and I was face planted in on the gravel. But that is how we learn. So I check my brakes every single time I get on my bike because that is not how I'm going down today, right? So taking off all of that old stuff, it it doesn't have any say over you today, period. It has nothing to do with you today or where you're going tomorrow. They were just stepping stones. They were just lessons. You were just figuring out what didn't work. And it also aided you to be able to make a better choice today. Okay, so mechanics. I want you to pick one thing to change. If you're still operating in food freedom, if you're trying to lose weight, if you're going after something in business, if you're trying to get, you know, healthier, more fit, or if you're trying to just establish a quiet time in the morning with the Lord, if you're trying to build a relationship back with somebody, it's one step at a time. You learn the mechanics. You learn the foundation of a thing. Oftentimes we have to put a why behind it. And I also like to add a why not. Learn it. And then do it consistently every single day, 21 days, 30 days, 66 days, 90 days, 120 days. Do the thing consistently. And only when you can do the thing consistently, when it has become part of your lifestyle, when eating and drinking to the glory of the Lord and not going to food for an emotion, not going to food in your pain, When that has become part of your lifestyle and you've been able to exercise it consistently, then you add in the intensity. Then you add in, okay, now I'm ready to lose weight. 
But if you don't first learn how to heal and how to live your life, not going to an unhealthy coping mechanism in your emotions, then you have no business trying to lose weight and trying to do all of these other things. Because if you don't learn step one, then you will not be able to successfully and consistently do step two, three, four, five, six, seven, all the way up. So put that in your brain, that slow is better. One change is so much better than 10. It is, it is the 1% change that we make that makes all the difference. I'll take another sip of coffee. So what could be your one thing with healing emotional eating? Instead of going to the pantry, instead of going through the drive-thru, instead of whatever, however you binge, however you emotionally eat, I'm going to sit in my room and pray for 15 minutes. I'm going to drink two glasses of water. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to put on a worship song. Whatever you can do every single day, sustainably, for at least 30 days, is what you need to do. Period. No questions asked. Because at the end of the 30 days, you will have learned, this works for me or this doesn't work for me. You could even learn after seven days. But the reason that I'm putting the 30-day thing out there for you is because you will know immediately within four or five days if this is going to work for you or not. But it's going to take your brain 21, 27, 30 days to finally catch up, to finally make the change, to reroute. It's called neuroplasticity. And go, oh, this is what we're doing now? Okay, I guess this is what we're doing now. There is a transition between your old habit and your new habit. And you have to give your brain enough time to switch over. So even if you know right off the bat, this is it, this is going to work for me, don't add your intensity too early. Work on the consistency. So for me and my food freedom, the one thing that I do, and I have done it consistently for almost a year now, is I only eat three meals per day period. Now that took me probably three weeks of serious resistance. And I felt so much resistance for that afternoon snack because that's when I binged. I binged between two and four every single day and had since I was four years old. So by instituting this boundary, by instituting this, you could call it a rule, but let's call it a boundary let's call it a, a, a self-discipline, by instituting three meals per day, the resistance in my mind, the resistance in my emotions, the resistance in my body was there. I had to feel the resistance and I had to work through it because I was working on doing this mechanic consistently. And I did it for three weeks, and then I bombed. I totally bombed, and I went into a huge binge, one of the worst binges of my whole life. This was back in January. 
of uh, 2021. But after that, that bomb, that fall, I saw, I learned one step out of this, one um, caveat, one bite or lick or taste, one thought in my head that allows me to eat between meals could send me into a binge. And so it's so much easier for me to say, no. And this isn't about honoring my hunger or anything like that, because I have learned how to create meals for myself so that I'm not hungry in between breakfast and lunch. I'm not hungry in between lunch and dinner. I've disciplined myself that way as well. So I consistently, almost a year later, I don't snack. I don't eat in between meals. Now, am I going to add an intensity in there? Am I going to say, well, now that I have this thing consistently down, I guess I'll take breakfast out and I'll just eat lunch and dinner. No. Because my brain will revert back to the restrict binge and it will still be looking for its three meals per day. And if I skip breakfast and I eat lunch at noon and I can, you know, it's to break a fast is breakfast. My brain and my body are still going to be looking for three meals. Well, then that those three meals will be noon and three and six. But that 3 p.m. middle meal is right at my binge time. So I'm in danger of binging if I add an intensity to this. I know for a fact that if I walk this out for the rest of my life, where I eat three meals per day, healthy, well-balanced, carbs, protein, fat, meals, you know, very little processed, very little sugar, except for, except from fruit, except from, you know, like a sweet potato or a potato. And we can talk about potatoes all day if you want to. Um, I will be successful for the rest of my life. So there is no reason for me to have any intensity on this period. So you need to find the one thing, the one mechanic that you can do consistently and choose to do it. Make the choice to discipline yourself to do it for 30 days. I'm not talking about going on a 1200 calorie diet. I'm not talking about, um, like, I'm not talking about this intense thing. I'm talking about this would be easy for me to do. Yep, there's going to be resistance. Yep, I'm going to have to self-discipline. Yep, I'm going to have to find an alternate way. But I'm learning, and I'm learning self-discipline, and I'm learning a mechanic, and I'm learning how to do it consistently. And then at the end of 30 days, you can make a choice. This worked for me, this didn't work for me, or now I need to change something about it. But give yourself 30 days. Like, seriously. This whole lose 10 pounds in two weeks or lose 10 pounds in 10 days, you are setting yourself up for so much failure. You're setting yourself up for so much recourse and yo-yo and, and endocrine system crashes and adrenal crashes and metabolism crashes. Like We need to stop doing this. We need to stop focusing on the scale and focus on health. We need to make health a priority. And that is emotional health, mental health, spiritual health, physical health. Okay? Okay. Soapbox. So pick your one thing 
in food freedom, whatever it is. If you're trying to lose weight, if, if, you're, if you're free, if you're healed and you're like, all right, let's go. Let's talk about weight loss, which is something that we're going to be talking about in the next two podcast episodes is actually working this weight loss thing out and not emotional eating and not binging because it's tricky and there's line and there's tension, but um, inviting the Holy Spirit into it, allowing the Lord to show you, allowing all of these feelings to come, allowing yourself to be triggered and finding different ways of dealing with them in a healthy way. There's so much joy and there's so uh, discipline equals freedom. Boundaries equal freedom. There's so much freedom and so much peace in doing this thing the right way um, that it will change. It will forever change your life. It's forever changed mine. Okay, so here's your one thing for freedom. All right, now for moving into weight loss, here's the one thing. Um, let's say you want to lose 30 pounds and um, the way that I train the way that I teach in weight loss is we don't go in huge calorie restrictions. We go in slight caloric deficits. So that could look like if your basal metabolic rate is 1600 calories a day, or I'll just use 1500 because that's mine. So my BMR is about 1500 calories a day. That's how many calories, that's how many, um, is it kilojoules of energy my body takes to remain alive. So if I laid in bed all day and I did absolutely nothing, it would take 1,500 calories that my body would need to sustain my life. That's your BMR, your basal metabolic rate. And you can find this number. It's, you know, online, just, you know, BMR calculator. So, and then we have our TDEE, our total daily energy expenditure. So that is the difference between you laying in bed doing absolutely nothing, your BMR, and the calories, the, the energy that it takes for you to live your life in an active state. So if you're sitting in a desk all day and you're not moving, it could be 100 calories more than your BMR. But if you're getting out and you're walking every day, you're lifting weights, you're exercising, you're running, or you have an active job, like maybe you are a UPS um, delivery person or you're selling tires or you're you know a cashier or you're stocking shelves or you're working at a coffee shop your total daily energy expenditure the kilojoules of energy that your body needs to keep you going to sustain life and to keep all of your organs functioning is factored into that tdee so let's say that your td your bmr is 1500 and your tdee is 2000 maybe you go for a walk every day and you lift some weight, so you're at 2,000. So as your coach, as a, a person that loves you and wants you to be successful and wants you to take this weight off slowly because you're learning the mechanics of maybe tracking your calories or you're learning the mechanics of making better choices or you're learning the mechanics to flood your body with nutrition at a slight caloric deficit, I would have you eat about 1,800 calories a day. That sounds crazy because most people are like, you need to eat 1,200 and you need to run for an hour every day and lift weights. But we are focusing on the future. What is sustainable for me? If you can't give yourself a year, if you have 50, 80, 100 pounds to lose, if you have more than 30 pounds to lose, I'm just going to say this. Give yourself two years to lose it. 
If you have less than 30 pounds to lose, give yourself a year to lose it. That's half a pound per week, which is a slow, sustainable, consistent amount of calories that you're eating every single day. Your body knows that it's getting nutrition. You're flooding it with micronutrients and macronutrients and vitamins and minerals. You're enjoying yourself. You're getting outside. You're moving your body. You're feeling. You're not binging because you're not hitting that restrict mechanism in your brain. You're not feeling deprived. You're feeling good when you go to bed. You're not overstuffed. You're not starving. It's a slight caloric deficit because that is what is sustainable. That is what you can do consistently every single day. That is mechanics and consistency. And until you can do that consistently, you have no business bringing the intensity in dropping it to 1500 or dropping it to 1200. You're only setting yourself up for a yo-yo and for a crash. And, and I know this from experience from the people that I've worked with and from experience in my own life. I was the girl eating 1500 calories a day and marathon training and lifting weights and running, um, after my kids. I also am a person that has hormonal issues. I have autoimmune issues autoimmune diseases, and I crashed my adrenals. I crashed my entire endocrine system. I had to stop everything. And it could take me years to get to where I can train for and run a marathon again. This is real life. So, slight caloric deficit. So find your BMR, find your TDEE, be conservative with it, and go 10% less than your TDEE. If it's, you know, 1,800 calories, go 10% less, so that takes off um, 180. Can you consistently eat 1,650 calories a day without binging, without starving when you go to bed? Can you consistently do this for at least 30 days? If you can, then do it. If you can't, then maybe 1700, maybe 1750. Because the fact of the matter is, is that self-discipline, you are a student. You are learning what works and you are learning what doesn't work. And we need to step out of the mentality that if I'm not taking off 20 pounds a month, then I'm, then I'm not doing it right. That is baloney. Because if you took off your 20 pounds in a year, a year from now, like 20 pounds makes a huge difference. It does. You would be in so much better shape giving yourself a year to take off your weight than, than two months or six months. Because when we go after doing something with too much intensity, we're liable to fall. We're liable to give up. We're liable to not actually learn the things that we have to learn. And we could end up gaining even more weight. So just stop the insanity and give yourself the time to do it. That's grace. This is recovery. This is working things out. Okay. So what if you're just trying to have intimacy with the Lord? 
You do not have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning every day. Getting up a half an hour earlier, can you do that consistently and spend that time with the Lord? Put your phone away, pray. Um, I have a friend who, because I get up between 4.30 and 5. Every day I have quiet time. This is just what I do. Um, the, the Lord and I have this thing, it's called Twilight Workshop. And we, we, we have our little thing in the morning every single day. But I didn't wake up one morning and make the decision that I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. every single day, no matter what. And then, did I do it consistently? No. I was getting up at 7 every day. And then I got up at 6.30 for two weeks. And then 6.15 for two weeks. And then 6 for two weeks. And then 5.30 for two weeks. And then I was finally able to roll back into getting up between 4.30 and 5 every day. But I gave myself three or four months to get there. I, I learned the mechanics. I learned that I have to go to bed at a certain time. I have to put my phone away by a certain time. Um, I have to not drink anything after a certain time because I will get up to pee and disrupt my whole night. And um, I did it consistently. It was in my routine. I learned what worked. I learned what didn't work. And now I can do it every day. You need to give yourself the grace and the opportunity to make the change. And that is always going to come down to your time. So what if you're going after something in business? What can you do consistently every single day, sustainably for 30 days? I'll tell you, I can't even post on social media every day. Like, I can't. I can't write every single day. I'm not there yet, but I'm working on it. And it might take me... two weeks to finally fall into a pattern where I've written every single day and then it will probably take me another 45 days so we're, now we're sitting at two months to consistently have a writing um, consistency or discipline of just a thousand words a day where I can then bump it to 1500 and then I can bump it to 2000 which is where I want to be give yourself the time to learn and to work this stuff out. Learn the mechanics, do them consistently before you add any intensity. You need to think about the word, what is sustainable for me? What can I do for the rest of my life? And how long gracefully can you give yourself to start practicing this thing? So let me know on social media, let me know, send me the thing that you're going after, whether it's you know more intimacy with the Lord, a quiet time, if, if you're ready to lose weight, if you're still working on food freedom, if you're ready to help yourself emotionally um, in the places where you haven't, let me know. I want to know and I want to cheer you on. Um, if you want more information about the book or coaching, you can just go to takebackyourterritory.com. I wish this was only a 15-minute um, podcast. I'm so sorry that it lasted this long. But I hope that you have a better sense of making these changes and learning what self-discipline actually is and not being afraid to go after a goal. But maybe you need to give yourself more time with this goal. Maybe you need to not be so intense. Maybe you need to dumb it down a little bit and really work on the mechanics 
and do these things consistently before you go before you go crazy. Um, so, all right. Have a great day. Keep moving forward.